I'm Jacob. I've seen Lost seven times. I'm Jack. I've never seen Lost before. Jack's about to watch all of Lost for the first time. For fuck. Welcome to the Lost Boys podcast. With you every step of the way, you have me, Jacob Stolworthy. And me, Jack Shepard. We are here because we have watched Lost Season 5, Episode 14, which is titled The Variable. Now, this was the 100th episode of Lost uh, and was publicised as such. So they had to do a big one. And, well, let me just ask you, Jack, was it a big one? I mean, it's a pretty big one. It's a big one. And it kind of comes out of nowhere to be a massive one, I think. That's what's so good and charming about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you told me last week that it was going to be called The Variable. And my immediate thought was The Constant, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the two are opposites. And, and there are quite a few similarities between the two episodes, or at least echoes between them. Absolutely. It's very much like a, you know... You could say it's like the sibling of the constant, right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was for that reason that Lindelof and Q's didn't want to write it because they were obviously so such a big part of why the constant was a classic that they felt that it would have been better for them to like distance themselves from this one and let someone else jump in. So they, they hired um, Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz uh, to write this episode. And, and a good job they did. <laughs> do, so do you, do you like this episode then? Yeah, no, I did like it. I thought it. I thought it was good. I uh, obviously very upset to see our our man, Faraday. our resident physicist. <laughs> yeah, him, him, yeah. him go. Is uh, and you know his also the sadness in his you know in his entire journey has been put yeah. into perspective as well. You mm. know, he had a, he, he was living a tragic life without really ever knowing it. Um, and we'll delve into that, but it's um, it re- really makes his journey, it kind of casts him as lost legend, I think. He goes out on a high, hmm. I think. Because I never really liked, you know, I wasn't the biggest Faraday fan. I, I, was be- I was getting to like him quite a lot, and I liked him in this episode. I mean, Lost has done a fair share of kind of trying to get you to like a character in their last episode. You know, yeah, it, it did yeah. it quite early on um, with Shannon. Yeah, when, you know, really tried to redeem her in her, and unsuccessfully in your eyes, <laughs> unsuccessfully in my eyes. But it did, you know, in her in her final moments, we tried to tried to bring her back as a character we cared about. Didn't quite work for me, but you know, it worked for some people. So, uh, so, so in- interesting. That is a really interesting point. Um, but there was a few times throughout. Um, the episode, you know, lost to date for you, where you've kind of said straight away. I think he did it with Echo as well, where you went, "Ah, it's his episode." I think he's going to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but did did you have that with Faraday at all? In this, episode? I think. Where, yeah, I think when uh, when they were making it, it explicitly clear that you know you die in this timeline, you die for good. Um, yeah. Then it then it was becoming clear that someone was going to go. I wasn't sure yeah. when. Um, although it did start kind of feeling like Faraday's final episode, especially as towards the end. But I would say the one thing that I felt, I felt like it needed to wrap one more thing up. Um, okay. And that was, that was actually 
the finale of the constant, the final moments when we see Faraday yeah. scribbling uh, Desmond's name, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite sure why, why that was, and I thought that would relate somehow more to Faraday. Okay, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, I guess it, I, 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 yeah, I'm sure we'll delve into that, and maybe I can help clear that up for you. Well, um, I think I'm, I'm guessing, you know, because he kind of loses his mind. Yeah, here, right. That's and a then, big part of it, and then I guess getting to the island and seeing Desmond helps him. But then that comes after that. The notebook bit comes after that. So, well, I think that him coming to the island in general is, you know, the healing properties helps recover his memory quite a bit. Yeah. Um, which is what Widmore suggests when he, you know, one of the kind of the selling points of going to the island, even though I know you're going to die there eventually. Um, My son. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. I mean, you know, not only is he, uh, you know, is Desmond his constant, but he is his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, which is mad, isn't it? What a twist. That's crazy. Um, uh. What a twist. We're going to go through this episode. I mean, actually, I guess you'd say in... in chronological order considering we are in the 70s so we're going to start with the island stuff um and then go on to the the flashbacks which brings it full circle before that i want to say a little uh little thing that i didn't actually know until i started researching this this episode was that um the title sequence of last one comes across the screen uh had uh this week and people in america will will know this we're not so i didn't uh, it's got loads of stars around it with a starship Enterprise soaring through the through the um, through the letter O, because it was promoting JJ's Star Trek film. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like so weird, isn't it? That is weird. I mean, I've like, had no idea, but that's sure. Star Wars references one week, Star Trek references the next. I mean, I thought you were going to say something. You know, they did something special with it for the hundredth episode. That's what I know. You know, it was to tie in with <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> Paramount dug their claws in. Anyway, um, so Faraday is back, uh, and he heads straight to Jack Shepard's <laughs> Shez Shepard's, uh, <laughs> where he wakes him up, uh, and Jack is you know, rudely awakened by what I think we can best call a physicist tornado <laughs> driving, <laughs> just literally flying around the room in a, in a scientific haze. And Jack's like bleary eyed. What is going on? <laughs> uh, I like how Faraday and Jack kind of, because obviously Jack's first person Faraday met when he came to the island in the first place. So they've kind of got like a bit of a history them two, mm. however brief. Um, but it's nice to see them reconnecting. I think, yeah, sure. No, it yeah. is. I, 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 I've been. I hadn't really thought much about their relationship, to be honest. So, uh, hmm. to be honest, nor do I. And then it isn't until these moments where you're like, yeah, I guess. I think what's good is I think Jack always knew that Faraday was a good man, like a good person, despite you know what he thought about, you know what he eventually learned about the freighter or whatever. He always trusted, not trusted Faraday, but I think he always felt that Faraday didn't want any bloodshed. Yeah, 
because he's a little wimp. Well, he is a little wimp. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. Uh, but when Faraday, you know, says to Jack, drops a bombshell, you know, he, he says, I'm sure my, you know, my mother sent you here and blah, 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 blah. Uh, she was wrong to do that. You can kind of, you know, see a little switch turning in Jack's head, I think. Like, ah, suddenly I'm going to, I'm starting to kind of realise something's wrong. I shouldn't be back here or maybe I'm going to learn what I'm here to do. Because obviously Jack's been kind of meandering around like a bit of a, just a bit of a paper bag, uh, plastic bag at the minute, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. He has been. He's just been like just mopping floors and scrubbing boards and whatever so he's looking for some purpose i think and faraday just like is there suddenly to give it to him maybe yeah i mean he hasn't he hasn't been a leader recently has he? he hasn't he hasn't had that thrust upon him so he's been a bit bit all over the shop hasn't he doesn't know what to do he's like well if i'm not don't have my little minions around me not telling soil what to do what am i supposed to do yeah well that comes back in full force as as we'll as we'll come on to um yeah, I think it just taps, like the whole idea that Eloise was wrong to send them back or whatever, taps into a notion that she even kind of echoes later on when where these characters, as Desmond has once said before, they're all just pawns in these other people's games, you know, an older generation's games of leadership, control, whatever. Um and here, here we are, like, Jack's on the island and in Faraday's view, shouldn't be. And Jack's like, oh, for fuck's sake. What now? We were on a plane. And then... Who told you to get on a plane? As a matter of fact, Dan, it was your mother. And how did she convince you, Jack? she tell you it was your destiny? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. Well, I got some bad news for you, Jack. You don't belong here at all. Yeah, the sins of our fathers and all that. I'm sure there's a there's a poignant quote I could pull out, but I don't actually. I'm not good with quotes. Dead <laughs> <laughs> uh, Faraday's just on a mission, isn't he? And we see that all important season five premiere scene of him in the orchid when he wears the the hard hat, bumps into Pierre Chang, and you know, hears him talk about time travel and stuff. But we see the follow the follow up to that, which is he goes after Pierre and he kind of says yeah you need to evacuate everyone because there's going to be a catastrophic incident on this island uh i know this because i'm from the future <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because you just know that he's kind of like i literally don't know how else i can convince you of this so i'm just going to come out with it uh, <laughs> do you like all, the, all these moments all these interactions yeah i quite like that and i quite like you know him uh when he when he goes to to mr chang and he's just like miles is your son Look oh at, yeah. Look, what what do you think is some coincidence? And I know this because I'm from the future. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> do you know what it reminded me of when when he just kind of like drops down, drops the Miles bombshell to Pierre? It reminds me of when in season four, where Sun's leaving the camp and Juliet doesn't want her to, so she just goes to Jin and she goes, "Your wife slept with another man." <laughs> mm. And you're like, as a viewer, you're like, you have the rug pulled from under you because you're like, I did not expect you to go there to make yeah. your point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pierre, he, I really like him in this episode. He reacts how you would expect him to act. He's like, you heard me talking about time travel and now you're taking the piss out of me. Good for you. 
<laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Mars is just like, he's like, is this true? And Mars is like, no, he's mad. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Faraday's return really amp- ramps things up. Um, and he kind of suggests that he, you know, right, a lot of things are about to happen now. We've got six hours until this event happens and I need to make sure everything's in their place. And it really kind of, it, you know, it adds a clock on. The pressure's up. We're, we're suddenly down to the wire and you kind of feel a finale coming. <laughs> okay. you know I mean? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Because like it's action-packed really, isn't it? It's never, a, no scene is, is kind of calm. It's always nice. laced with a tension. Yeah, it, and it's all a bit, Odd. I mean, even the stuff where you've got like Faraday trying to trying to stop Charlotte kind of coming back and stuff, and you just know, you know, it's all doomed to repeat itself, and he's not going to help. And I get that he's like, you know, trying to put things in motion because he must have put them in motion in the past, you know. Mm. Uh, but it is just like you. Just, there's just that sense of it's it's all going to go wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, he, you know, it is a big old reveal later that he is like, you know, he's done his research and he believes you can change things. Um, but obviously we don't notice at the time until the Charlotte thing, we get a hint of it. Uh, and I've got something really interesting to kind of delve into there because I get a bit, my mind boggles a little bit, but we'll, we'll come onto that in a second. Um, but we think essentially he's just doing what needs to be done for everything to happen as it happened don't we at this point in time that's what we think anyway yeah and i'm presuming he's done everything in this episode that he was gonna do meant to do yeah yeah um but i mean even if he what 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 events in recent episodes have suggested is that whatever he does anyway to even try and go against that wouldn't work yeah yeah Yeah. because the nature of time whatever happened happened and all that Mm. uh there's a meeting very similar to a few meetings we had in the past in like one of the houses the one in season four when locks like you know where ben's like you know there's a spy on the boats michael widmore's bad with everyone there claire and hurley and sawyer and co and earlier this series you know three years prior to these events when sawyer and co um oh no it's it's not it's not that it's, it's when they they're voting to whether they should kill saeed or not actually just so a few days days before mm. um and i like these meeting scenes i like them but here we just have our our gang uh and they're talking about next steps um and you know it's over it's over their life at the barracks is essentially over uh because phil is uh played by patrick fischler is tied up in the closet so sawyer wants to go back to the beach and start over uh well he he doesn't he he just kind of thinks that's maybe what they should do uh or they suggest getting on a sub and going back to civilization what would you want to do i think i'd i think i'd need to see how it played out not there i mean like maybe in the (laughs) jungle or something because oh before getting on the sub well, I don't think I would go on the sub. I think it would just be a bit weird going back to civilization in the seventies. I wouldn't want to. I don't think because you'd 
you wouldn't know anyone or you know you would you could go like see your mum and then you'd just be like but she'd be your age or like yeah. even younger and you'd be like <laughs> to be fair though you could go and see like i don't know simon and garfunkel like in their prime yeah but like you do okay you do all that and the novelty would wear off pretty quick and then like you know people will be saying that about us now they'll be like oh you saw arctic monkeys in their prime about 50 times and you'll be like yeah i did um yeah and if you go back to the 70s and then go back there you would just be like oh listen to the arctic monkeys but i can't <laughs> what you'd do you'd just write all the arctic monkeys songs and then re- <laughs> release them then and just be like become famous it'd be well, like that mi- well gone. I was going to say, it'd be like that movie yesterday. Yeah, oh God. Beatles songs where they kind of write them. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I've got real, real issues of that film, by the way. I haven't real seen issues. it. Real issues. I wouldn't waste your time. Um, if you have your phone on you and then you go back in time, your phone isn't there anymore, right? Because it wasn't there. I'm guessing so. Okay. Yeah, because that's what happens on the beach stuff. It wasn't there and the, all the beach stuff was gone, wasn't it? Like you know, the, the the their kitchen and their tents and whatever. It was all gone when they flashed back in time. Yeah, but that's because that wasn't they hadn't put that there. But if you went back in time and you had your phone in your pocket, then surely that would come with you? Or has it just not been invented yet and therefore That's what I'm thinking. It's not been invented yet. I mean, I'm not really sure at this stage, Jacob. I mean Well I was thinking if you have like Aussie Monkeys on your phone, you could then just play it. Yeah, your phone will run out of battery and then how are you going to charge it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Always carry a charger with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This scene, another reason why I kind of like these scenes where the characters just sat around just like hashing it out is because you kind of get a sense that not everyone is is abreast of whatever has been happening with other characters. And Mm. here, like Hurley asks a few questions and you're like, oh yeah, he wouldn't know that. It reminds me of that scene in season three when... I think someone mentions a radio tower and Claire's like, a radio tower? What? Uh, and you kind of, it adds to the realism, I think. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. He's like, oh, he didn't know about that. Cause, but then, yeah. I mean, you could yeah. argue they should have spoken about it off screen more, but. Yeah, but they're not going to speak about everything off screen. And, you know, I don't know. It I makes can't some fun reveals can... anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, anyway, Daniel bursts in. Um, and apologises <laughs> to Jack for being rude. Uh, this is the first time he's seen Sawyer in good, good while. Uh, and then Sawyer's like to Miles, is he still mad? And Miles is like, absolutely, worse than before. <laughs> uh, he's like, okay. Um, but something to note here, by the way, is Hurley and Daniel have never shared screen time at all until this moment. Wow. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> uh, the internet told me that. I actually hadn't clocked it, uh, but God, give the internet its due. Yeah, when, gotta when it, gotta gotta pay the internet respect when it when it gets something right. You absolutely do. We wouldn't be able to record this in lockdown without it as well. So, hero of the week, the internet. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel explains the situation, and he says, "I need to go to the hostile." which drops you know, you know it kind of raises a few eyebrows and then he 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 explains that his Eloise is his mum and she's another which leads to the line of the episode which is Sawyer going 
Your mother is another. Mm. <laughs> Good bit of rhyming. Um, but yeah, Jack has been waiting for something to present itself to him. And I think Faraday has swung right in and done that again here. Each time Faraday and Jack get together, I think Jack's kind of like, okay, I'm going with this guy. I'm, fo- I'm following him because I feel that this is what I need to do right now. Mm. Which is, well, later on when Faraday starts spouting his ideas, you can tell he's <laughs> doing a job on Jack and that's going to kind of drive the, uh, let's say, <laughs> conflict going into the next few episodes. Okay. Let's just say that. Interesting. I mean, it's pretty, bi- it's pretty big shit. It's pretty end game shit that Daniel's talking about here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not. It doesn't feel like it's going to go well for anyone. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because obviously they're divided a little bit, or they're going to be divided. I would literally be like, I don't know, I don't know. Can we all just <laughs> not? <laughs> like you're dicing with a lot of stuff here. It's just very, very weird stuff. Um, What's your views on, and I hate to kind of go down this road because there seems to be trouble in paradise, uh, Juliet and Sawyer? Uh, I mean, I'm here here for them, obviously. I just want them to be okay. That's my my hot take. I want them to sort themselves out and have a nice life together. It's like hot take shared by everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Every single person just wants them to be okay. But I think, you know, Sawyer's kind of doing what he, I think he's holding on to this idea that they can still live this life as they've been living it. But Juliet knows, like she said, the minute they returned, it's over for us here. Mm. Um, She knows what a busybody Kate is. She knows, you know, that, Jack is will always do his own thing. She knows Hurley's got a blabber mouth. She knows it's over, you know. So mm. the moment where Juliet gives the code to the fence to let Daniel and Jack go to the the others is kind of like the fi- what I think the final nail in their utopian dream coffin. The code for the fence is one four one seven one seven. You should take Daniel. It's over here for us anyway. Okay. Let's go. Great. Great, thank you. Okay, great loss. Can you drive us? you've made a huge mistake we'll be back at the beach right where we started yeah i mean juliet knows it's over she's she's the one who kind of i mean obviously she's the instigator here she's she's slightly more of a a realist i guess in a Mm. in a way which um i guess is partly surprising uh but also i mean because obviously sawyer's you know he's the the con man and all this stuff and you think he would uh but he's just in love. He's had he's had years to fall in love, and he just wants it to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's heart. It's a heartbreaker knowing they're not going to be, you know, Sawyer's not going to be back. Bring home sunflowers. They're not going to be cooking dinners, and 
having people over for tea. I mean, <laughs> that is very much done. Um, but how long could it really have lasted going into the final season? Oh, um, I say that. They could have just left it there and just left them on the island and done the rest of the show somewhere else, couldn't they? Yeah, you, you did say after that reveal of them, you know, being together, it should have just ended there. And I am inclined to agree. <laughs> people wouldn't have complained about the ending so much <laughs> well it's true that is true oh. um <laughs> it's ridiculous so kate goes with jack and faraday to the others um you know we at this stage we still don't know what faraday really wants with eloise um miles and hurley uh stay behind with sawyer and uh juliet um, but before Daniel and Jack and Kate go, they have to arm up. Um, so they go and they get some guns. But it's here where Daniel spots a particular ginger-haired girl. Uh, What's she having her hand? <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a very well-placed chocolate bar. Uh, and... Yeah, it's so funny because this is the thing that Charlotte was kind of alluding to before she died, where she's like, when I was younger, there was a man, a very scary man, and he told me, you know, to leave the island, and if I didn't, I'd die or whatever. You know, and he really scared me, and I think that was you. And here we we see that episode play out. Um, I'm sure, I thought we had already seen this bit play out, or is that... No, we've just seen him look at her from afar, and that was just after they arrived at the barracks. Um, um, okay. Yeah. But this is that scene come to life. And she even says to him, <laughs> go on, Jack, do your oh. best. Can't have chocolate before dinner. <laughs> or something like that, isn't it? It's... I'm going to go. It's I'm not, it's, I'm not allowed to have chocolate before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, cute kid. She's very sweet. She delivers a line well. It's, an, it's a big line. She's got to deliver it well. There's a lot of pressure on that young actress. And I think she smashed it. <laughs> I think she smashed it. But my favourite part of all this, because, you know, Daniel is, to a young girl, because she starts crying, because he's literally like, the stranger is like, you got to leave. You must never come back. And he's crying and he's like emotional. But you would be scared if you were young, wouldn't you, if someone just did that and said all that. Well, if a weird man came up to you and started telling you that you need to get your, leave the place where you've like grown up and all this stuff. Yeah, you'll die. Yeah, I think you would be pretty scared. (laughs) Pretty worried. But he he's, he does it in a nice way. My my favorite bit is when he's like, um, you know, Doctor Chang, and she nods. It's like, of course she knows Doctor Chang. Everyone knows Doctor <laughs> Chang. He's a, he's a local celeb. <laughs> like, come on, what silly question to ask. Doctor <laughs> Chang is the man. I love that your main issue. Like, of course she fucking knows Doctor Chang. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's like literally, you swan off to Ann Arbor, you come back and ask this young girl if she knows a local celeb. <laughs> it's rude. It's patronising. <laughs> um, she may be young, but she's not that. She's not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it, abs- I mean, it, it, absolutely. She goes against her mum and eats chocolate before dinner. Naughty. Good for her. She's not an idiot. Yeah, good for her. Uh, but you know, here's a, the thing I was referencing earlier. You know, she always did leave. She always left. Charlotte always left and then she always came to the island and died. Um, so Daniel is obviously 
trying to stop her, like trying to say to her, you must never come back. Because if you come back, you'll die. Mm. If you come back, you'll die. And he's trying, he's trying that. But the thing is, you know, she always left and she always came back. Yeah, but he's not really thinking, he's not thinking sanely, is he? He's, he's, he's panicking and, well, being yeah. an idiot, isn't he, really, frankly? Yeah, I guess he's, yeah, he's, his mind's been intoxicated by the variables, uh, you know, the, the research of the variables and all that. Yeah, it's just hard. It's just a funny one because she would have always left, even if she he didn't go up to her. She would have just left, right? Well, I'm not he sure. He did go up to her. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I don't think that there isn't a situation where she, you know, didn't leave and come back. And it's, yeah. and there's no way he can he can stop that in any way. It's just that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's and it's you know it, it was his fault every time, and he yeah. can't stop it being his fault even if he because it's what's bound to happen. It's kind of tragic. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't put the blame on him for her coming back though. Uh not on coming back. I guess no, not yeah. on coming back, but on on you know the the nature of her life. The flow of her life, like the you know the fact that he comes back and dies, you know that is the fault of his mum. Yeah, and it was always going to be the fault of his mum, and here it's yeah, you know it's just, which he uh, he 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 you know obviously never knew about, uh, but she always did, which I just can't get my head around that. Um, they Daniel, you know, they make a mistake of putting the gun in Daniel's hand, and he's so bad because he just like holds it out when Rudzinski comes back and like <laughs> realizes they're all lying, and he's got a gun, and it just turns into this massive gunfight. I mean, if 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 there was any hope of things being restored, it, it certainly isn't the minute Jack like fires a weapon at the bloody oil tanks. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it was but, never you know, going to go wrong when there's like a fucking shootout. And it was exactly. a, it was a it was a weird shootout as well. This was right. my I don't know. I think it was my least favorite part of the episode. Um, because Explain. it just well, uh, a I don't think Jack would be that good with a gun because he's mm. a doctor. Um, first, <laughs> uh, yeah, but but we know. Yeah, okay, fair. You've got all those guys. You know, all those guys going around with machine guns, supposed to be like trained up and all that, and then. Uh, and then they just suck. They were like their aim is just awful. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Kate is clearly loving it though. I honestly feel like we see a smile flash across Evangeline Lily's face. She's like, "Yes, finally, some action." <laughs> That's honestly what I, I I feel like I sense that every time I watch it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd I'd love to know if anyone else does. I, I is, yeah, I get that vibe. I I could see that vibe as yeah. well. Because uh, like, oh, you can't, yeah, you can't waiting for. You can't do that back in LA. <laughs> can't do that back in LA. This is why um, I was going on holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why I'm here. <laughs> and fuck you, Aaron. Asked me, you, you asked me to, you know, to never ask you why you're here. Jack says it's because she's just going to go so I can kill some people. <laughs> so I can really kill dark. some Dharma Initiative people. <laughs> Um, obviously not true. Uh, disclaimer. The Dharma Jeep. I love the Dharma Jeep. It reminds me a bit of the, um, the Jurassic Park Jeeps. Yeah. It's got a bit of that, hasn't it? Yeah. That yeah, love sure. it. Uh, if I could own a Dharma Jeep, I would. Don't even drive, but I'd own one. 
<laughs> um, they drive out to, they get away, uh, escaping with nothing but a graze on Daniel's neck. Uh, and then when they get to the sonic fence, uh, Kate asks, do you remember the code? Imagine if he just said, no, shit. <laughs> Should have written that one down. <laughs> it would really kind of, I don't know, stall the episode somewhat. Oh, we really need to go back and find that again. All right. We have to go back. <laughs> also the bit where, cause all right, you know, the, the, the chat they have earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Which I bit? Just, so when they were, I mean, we've already spoken about it, but the bit where, where, you know, they, they're like arguing about whether they're going to go to the beach or do this thing. Yes. With Daniel Friday. Uh, yes. So, so during that, Kate, Kate is just, Kate just does nothing there she doesn't say a bloody word and it's only even juliet speaks over her and it's like kate just doesn't know what to do and then here kate like in the shootout she doesn't really do anything she has to wait for like jack and then jack even jack's driving like Mm. she doesn't even you know get the motor going or anything she's just just, (laughs) i don't know that annoyed me and then and then here it's like you know she doesn't even remember the code (laughs) <laughs> she wasn't even listening to the code to be fair when she said it I was like oh do I remember it and I was like no I don't <laughs> I did it, it, it's, it's, it is proof though like that Faraday is it Faraday who remembers the code or Jack it's Faraday isn't it I can't remember well, it's like he's got his memory back you know yeah, fully yeah. yeah it's a funny one yeah Kate I mean obviously Kate wants to stay doesn't she because she wants to find uh, Claire so right now Kate is just going where she's kind of told to go or whatever. This is what I mean. It's, you, she's useless. Yeah. Take, take some initiative, like take a, I don't know, do something. She's, I wouldn't call her useless. Useless is very harsh. Not useless. Uh, We've been I joking mean, on Kate a lot. I feel like I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> way, I mean... <laughs> I just, I'm not, I mean, we, we say it every episode, I'm not the biggest Cape fan, but here it was particularly annoying and frustrating because I do feel like, you know, this could have been her, even her moment to, to lead the fight out of there as well. <laughs> you know, like she's born to run. This is her time to shine. Mm. Uh, but no, we, uh, we get Jack taking the lead again and... I don't know. I either get I to get annoyed to go on from, but you know, after the fence when they just let Faraday do his thing with his gun, and Jack's like, Faraday obviously doesn't know how to use that thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he, still, he even he even says as much. Yeah, and he still lets him go, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but then again, Daniel is is very much doing his own thing. He's like on a volition of his own, isn't he? I don't think Jack wants Daniel to march into the other's camp like that because he he tries to stop him, but Daniel's like having absolutely none of it. I know, but I feel like he should have. They should have done something more. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, uh, uh, something I want to kind of maybe. Uh, I don't want to draw attention to it, but there's a feeling I get when I watch this episode with a certain moment, um, and I remember feeling it when I first watched it. So I'm going to kind of talk about my view when I first watched it and see if you maybe felt anything similar. Okay. Um, 
and this isn't me kind of hinting at what's to come. It's me just literally talking with my with my you head on as okay. a first time watcher. Yeah. Uh, when Faraday says, and the scene that you mentioned earlier about any one of us can die, don't make the mistake to think that we're safe. Any one of us can die. You said whatever happened, happened. Gotta understand, Jack. This is our present. When we met, did I have a scar on my neck? No. Because I hadn't been shot yet. We can't be so naive as to think nothing can happen to us. Any one of us can die, Jack. You know, the, the cut on my neck, it wasn't here. when It wasn't there when you met me. I got it today because it happened today. I could die. Mm-hmm. I could die. Uh, he said to he says to Jack, "It's very important you remember that." And then Kate interrupts, goes, "Ready?" And Jack looks at Kate. And Kate <laughs> looks back, and I feel afraid for Kate. Hmm, that's interesting. It's like the camera's drawing attention, and it's Jack looking at Kate, thinking, "Shit, I kind of let her come here, thinking maybe we'd you know we'd be fine." but I've, I've brought her into a very dangerous situation. Mm, I didn't really... Did not? Th- I, I feel like Kate's got too much, you know, plot armour at this stage to, to die this season. Um, <laughs> I think she's, you know, she's in it for the long run. No, my, my main worry is um, for Juliet, to be honest. You said that during. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what hint, what... Just because of the spot they're in. I think that, but also, you know, she is, she's not an OG. And that always has me worried. You know, she, yeah, yeah, she yeah. is a, there's a real potential that something, uh, something bad could happen to that lady. Well, uh, putting my you hat on again, what I'll say to you was, I was endlessly worried about Juliet dying, obviously. <laughs> um, and at this stage... I was thinking the same as you. OG could be next on the chopping block. Felt the same about Miles. Um, and I didn't really feel it about Faraday. So when I got rid of Faraday, it kind of took, it kind of alleviated my concerns about Juliet Miles somewhat. Um, I'd say I'd never, never really been worried about Miles somehow. Interesting. Well, not yet. I, you just, I just, you never know until you get, you get like an episode about them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, I think for, like Faraday's death here would potentially signal that, you know, I, I don't think anyone would die like next episode. Mm. Maybe in the finale. Okay. But, um, you know, there, there's not going to be like a big, I don't think they can really afford to lose too many people before the final season. Just Yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think I, I don't want to. Don't know if I should say this. But I'm gonna say don't, it. don't say it. Okay. Don't say it then. I don't, don't give any hints. But I, I would say, yeah. I don't think any of the like original characters would um, kick the bucket in a way that they're not going to be, you know. But do you not again. think that that's kind of like what the writers want you to think? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> thing, I'm gonna, like, you're gone. Well, the thing is, like, you know, you've got, okay, you've got Jack, Kate, Hurley, uh, Sawyer. 
they're they're like you know Sawyer's in the most precarious situation here. Yeah, I you've also say. got two others in, in the seventies that you didn't mention. You've got Jin and you got Saeed. Ah, uh, yeah. Where the fuck is Saeed? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, I hadn't really. I'd, Saeed, he could get the. He could be on the chopping block. You they think? haven't used him in such a long time. Mm. It'd be a shame uh, to bring him back just to kill him, though. Yeah, I mean, it would be. It would very much be. Um, oh, oh, uh. um, yeah. I was going to give you a little bit, which might, which probably would have like alleviated your expectations about about deaths i would say but i'm not i'm not gonna say anything i'm not gonna say what i was gonna say okay i mean because we're getting to the end game as well i mean i'm not um i feel like you know season six all 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 everything everyone's up for for elimination (laughs) yeah i know absolutely absolutely yeah and until that point i think like you know it's it, it will it will chill out a bit now you know they've killed faraday's a big death i you know i was i was starting to quite like him I've always kind of liked him. He's never bothered me like he's bothered you. No, no, I've never, I didn't, I didn't really take to him that, that much. Um, but I definitely prefer him on rewatch, but, but knowing how, how he goes out in such an epic way, like with such an epic episode. Mm. Like I love this episode for him. I love the flashbacks. I think they really, they need to be watched. I think they really come into their own when you rewatch them. I'd recommend watching the flashbacks again, knowing what you know now mm. at the end. Um, some nice touches. So I love that. And he has this, he, he's the center of the next scene, which we come on to, which is the scene, the scene where um, Faraday explains everything to Jack and kind of sets up the, just what's about to happen essentially. Um, which in a nutshell is, you know, very soon a chain of events are going to be set into motion, which creates, which leads to the, you know, hatch being built over the electromagnetic pulse, which leads to the button, which eventually Desmond will press, and then he won't press, and then your plane will crash. And I think we can stop that by detonating Jughead. But a lot to unpack there, right? Yeah, very much so. What's what what jumped out at you mainly? I mean, this I was so excited for you to watch this scene. I even saw you, like, even the music does a good way of making you be like, okay, we're talking about real shit here. And your face, you were like, <laughs> okay, we're getting some some flipping explanations here. So what 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 did you take away from it? Well, I mean, I was remembering about the bomb. I mean, this is, that's like, that's definitely coming into the, to the finale, isn't it? <laughs> you know, them, it's like uh, the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Doesn't that like end with a flipping bomb? Yeah. Gotham, you just, yeah. you know, it's like, um, instead of Chekhov's gun, it's Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's, Chekhov's bomb. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, there's a bomb in the show and then it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. There's a fucking <laughs> bomb in the show. Um, <laughs> oh, so days. I was, um, I mean, that it's fun that that's coming back into it. We haven't seen the last of that. I'd also just like, uh, I don't know. Cause I am, there's, there's no way 
that the show is going to go out with them like in the 70s, right? There's right. no way. This is like, this is, we're going to, they're going to, they're going to somehow get back to where they're meant to be. But maybe, you know, obviously it's just going to be a, a bit weird. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like the bomb's gonna go off and just like blow them forward in time again. I don't know. Uh, so, but something something's obviously gonna happen with the bomb with the magnetic poles. That's gonna lead to the hatch or whatever, and mm-hmm. a load of people dying. Maybe I don't know. There's a lot of pieces <laughs> here. And I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know. I can't think of like how specifically they're going to fit together because it's just a bit. It's just a bit fucking weird. Yeah, it is. I've studied relativistic physics my entire life. One thing emerged over and over. Can't change the past. Can't do it. Whatever happened, happened. Right. But then, I finally realized I've been spending so much time focused on the constants. I forgot about the variables. Do you know what the variables in these equations are, Jack? No. Us. We're the variables. People. I mean, first the idea of detonating a hydrogen bomb. A bit dangerous. A bit dangerous. <laughs> a bit dangerous. Um, <laughs> a bit dangerous. Uh, secondly, the idea that Faraday now thinks he can change things pretty huge and rever- revelationary. Um, uh, but the, uh, how, the, the idea, I mean... The scene, it's the next scene that I start to think, oh, okay, is when Jack's like, you know, well, if he's right, then none of this happened. We land in Los Angeles and we live our life. And Kate's like, yeah, but like, you know, I don't meet you. I don't, none of, what? Like, <laughs> you're just rewriting what happened. Like, mm. as a fan of the show, I'm like, what, you mean loss doesn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> just this idea that they can try and rewrite their plane ever landing i think is a real kind of ingenious twist mm. yeah, yeah it's that a, that it's really a... kind of make it, it kind of clicks a sh- series into into shape a little bit like ah uh, you know it brings the hatch right back into focus you know dating back to season one uh, it just really kind of like it, it feels like it's coming a bit full circle yeah yeah i know i know what you mean it's um I mean I just don't I don't think they're gonna be able to rewrite all that. That doesn't feel like uh uh you know something that could happen or will happen. Okay. Well we will be coming back to this chat, I'll tell you that for nothing. Uh <laughs> because let's be honest, the characters in the show are gonna have a lot to say about it. Uh when Daniel just marches into camp. Well, unless they do that and then it goes into like some, some weird, but then like, you can't just get rid of Jack's, I don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe it will happen. Now you've made me think it's going to happen and that they're just going to like start the seeds end the season with them on that plane again end the show with them on that plane again. And you'll just be like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just see like they continue on. Although I would, I would enjoy, I reckon if they ended, if they decided just to do it and end this season like that, and then they had like the next season of them 
having like memories of shit and then try to piece it together and then they all end up back on the island. That would be interesting, but also too similar, I think, to what happened in season, you know, this season with them trying to get back to the island. Trying to get back. Yeah. Fair. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, But you know, whatever happened, happened. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just literally just trying to play. I'm just trying to swing you both sides because obviously I know what happens. Uh, the others, when he walks into the others' camp with his gun, they take so, you know, they're meant to be like stealthy masters of the jungle. They take so long to recognise him stood there with a gun. <laughs> so come on, guys. There's one guy just like literally like throwing, I don't know, food over campfire. He just doesn't even look at him for ages. <laughs> Insane. Uh, this, yeah, like, you know, he marches into camp, he sees Richard, uh, Demar- you know, very viciously, aggressively, gun pointed up, demands to know where the hydrogen bomb is, where he buried it. Uh, and he gets shot right through the belly. And it's his mum, it's Ellie. And she is confused. But Daniel, for Daniel, it's all clicking into place, isn't it? He's yeah, remembering he... the scenes of her pushing him back to the island, literally making him live his life to kind of you know, do his work and which would ultimately lead him there. And he's like, Oh my God. She it was you all along. She knew she was like puppet. I was a puppet. Uh, and you know, when she says, who are you? And he says, your son, it's obviously going to change her life forever. That moment. Mm. It's just big. It's heavy shit. It's heavy shit. So, yeah. I mean, I, you, you have to wonder why, What's going to happen next to make her think that she needs to keep pushing him to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because no, surely, surely you have to think like, well, you know, he has to do this for a reason that is above and but beyond. Like the reason I don't know. that. Because she, she doesn't seem completely heartless. No, I mean, that's absolutely not. I think this episode contextualizes her story, her background a ton, and I, I feel pretty sorry for her. Um, but like, you know, isn't the, pur- isn't the purpose, isn't the higher meaning that it's because it happened? She did that. Mm-hmm. You know how she, when Desmond flashes back and he wants to buy the ring and she's like, no, you give me that ring back. You don't do like this. You don't. She's just like a fixer, she's making sure things happen as they happened. Yeah, but I think there's something, you know, she's not she's not letting on something. Hello? I think that was the longest Hi, silence we've ever had on the Lost Boys. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, you've gone you've gone a bit uh robot. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I th- I wasn't. I thought they were. Can I, you hear I, me now? I wasn't being silent. I can hear you. I can hear you. You son of a bitch! Oh, I can I hear thought, you. I thought. I thought it was dramatic pause. No, I was talking. <laughs> All right, go on. What were you saying? <laughs> Where were you we? Think- 
You, you were talking um, about her maybe having an ulterior motive or something? Yeah, so... See, I think that there's... You know, she's not she's not laying up as as much as, as she knows. You know, we, we know this. We know she knows more. You know, that's kind of been her thing the whole time. Um, and I imagine there's something something else here that she's that we're going to find out soon maybe um i think that, that uh, reveal is going to it, it, you're going to realize what that is soon and you're going to be like of course that's all i'll say okay that's all i will say do you want to hear what Carl q said about the uh about killing off daniel jeremy davis's character yeah go on then he said it was an incredibly painful thing to kill this beloved character, but we feel that's what this show has to do. His death is kind of the culminating event in the entire season, and it really ends one chapter and commences the start of the final chapter of this entire series. Jeremy Davies, who plays Faraday, um, was sad to find out that he was uh, not going to the show anymore, uh, but apparently took the news very well and Damon Lindelof said when Carlton and I called Jeremy to explain what was going to happen we've never had a more awesome exit interview with somebody on the show for us Daniel really was the cornerstone of the fifth season I can't imagine what it would have been without him when you think about all the crazy stuff that has come out of that guy's mouth for him to be as interesting and emotional and poetic as he was is quite extraordinary I'm quite enjoying the idea of them saying he's the cornerstone of the season and then he hasn't been in it for about five episodes before this. Um, yeah, but but he, he's like spouting the stuff that they needed to have spouted. He was a good character to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I like I like Faraday, you know, and I yeah. think I think he was a good he was a good character. He was, you know, he made an, quite an impact for someone yeah. coming in so so late and i think out of the group you know kind of came in i know miles could speak to dead people um but i would say faraday boy can frank fly a helicopter yeah but for, i think faraday added the most to the the you know the overarching story of the thing and it's um i mean it's funny that both him and miles's parents uh, <laughs> yeah quite uh characters we met before in that so yeah absolutely uh and probably new charlotte's parents <laughs> when you think about it considering they're on the island who's um, they're gonna turn out like sh- do, do we know charlotte's parents no but we're just assuming they're there yeah they're <laughs> drinking buddies with pierre <laughs> that's why she knows dr chang he comes over for dinner the celeb he's cool <laughs> oh my god i uh yeah no faraday is i think what you said is true he is the most important of the four yeah yeah it's uh yeah surprising so now let's go to the flashbacks which obviously obviously all happen after so in this moment every time we see eloise she knows what has happened you know she killed her son um so the opening scene is her you know not looking quite sad, walking into Daniel, young Daniel, playing piano. Uh, well-cast kid, just want to say. He gets the uh, mannerisms down pat. Um, and she's like, "You no, no time for this, no time for this. You've got to do your stuff. There's no distractions and all this and all that. So already she's on like, she's on it him, you know, at a, an early stage to make sure he, <laughs> he does what he needs to do. Uh, which, you know, sorry, 
knowing you're going to kill your kid is so messed up on all kinds of levels. Yeah, I mean, this is why she comes into the room sad, though, I'm guessing. Yes. And obviously that like, scene oh, is echoed. to shoot you. Yeah. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm having to raise you to kill you. <laughs> it's horrible. Dark. It's horrible. Yeah. And, you know, this scene is mirrored at the end with Miss Hawking as we know her, knowing that this is the moment he's got, this is like the final push. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. But you know what's what, what kind of makes it less sad is the fact that young Daniel counts 864 beats of the metronome since he started <laughs> playing the song on the piano. 864 is 8 times 108, which are all the numbers added together. Whoa. I mean, you could, there was an 8 and a 4 right there as well. With a six it was, it was. Right there's, a, there's a lot of numbers there. I mean, it's it's insane. It makes me feel less sad about the, about the situation personally because <laughs> it's time for my favourite time of the week. Number watch. Faraday says that the Dharma personnel will start drilling into the electromagnetism in about four hours. Ooh, an obvious one. A big one. Faraday mentions to Richard Alpert the last time they met in 1954 when he told him to bury, or when he told Ellie to bury the bomb, his mother. That was 23 years earlier. Ooh, haven't had a 23. I haven't had a solid 23 in a while, have we? We haven't had a solid 23, actually. (laughs) 23 is the least popular number. Uh, Okay, that concludes this week's. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, the flashbacks. The next one is when Daniel's graduated. Uh, (laughs) You made me laugh so much here. Do you remember what you said? No. Oh, he's got great lockdown hair. (laughs) He looks like a werewolf. (laughs) His hair is bad. Um, Yeah, he's got lockdown hair. It's like that classic. I'm not going to lie. I had very similar hair when I was a bit younger than Daniel in this scene. Uh, So much so that. Yeah, so much so that I had to hide the photo, the school photos from my mum because she would have been like, this is awful. Um, which she then found a few years later and was like, what the fuck? What is this? this I want to see these photos. Oh, well, I don't know if they're... I mean, if you look on my Facebook and like click to the first few photos, you'll probably see them. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a task you can do later. But I know I'm doing tonight. <laughs> An old-fashioned Facebook stalk. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Daniel with the lockdown hair. He's also happy. He's graduated. He's got his girlfriend, uh, Miss Hawking. His mother is there, and she's such a bitch to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fanula Flanagan, who plays Eloise Hawking, play, she, she does bitch well, I think. <laughs> she does it well. What's your miss, Teresa? Dan's told me so much about you. Well done, Daniel. You must be so proud of him. Daniel, I thought we could celebrate your accomplishment with lunch. There's a nice restaurant nearby. I've reserved us a table. We would love to. (laughs) 
Actually, I was hoping it would be just the two of us. Uh, and then when she, 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 she literally is like, I'm taking you out for dinner, Daniel. And, you know, I was hoping it would just be us. So Teresa's like, sure thing, fine. Uh, she keeps referring to her as her, re- <coughs> to her as uh, Daniel's research assistant, which is so loaded. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Anyway, we've learned about the origins of Faraday's journal. Yeah, yeah, because he gets given it as a gift. By his mother. So, yeah, the journal that he carries with him when he writes or scribbles all his, his equations and notes in that was given to him by his mum on his graduation day. Um, we also learn that he's been given a research grant, 1.5 mil, uh, by a man named altogether now Charles Widmer. Oh, Charlie. He just his name pops up and then he pops up. He's just bloody hell, drink every time you you, you see or hear a Widmore. <laughs> it is just mad. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, so obviously Ellie knows him, knows it's his dad, and she hides it pretty well, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, uh, she's got, there's a knowing, there's a knowing look there, isn't there? I mean, uh-huh. I, I obviously just thought it was, I didn't think it was all because they used to shag. I just thought it was because they, you know, were on the island together. Yeah. Um, or, you know, because he's just a big dog, isn't he? He's a big everyone dog. Know, everyone knows old Widmore. Big dog industrialist in the room. Yeah, so uh, that was, that was, I mean. He's not everyone's favourite industrialist, though. He's not ours. Ours is Mr. Peck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do hope we see Mr. Peck again. Let me think. I hate to break it to you. No, but, no, don't say that. I just think Byron Chunk's time on the show might be end- over now. I'm that desperately is, trying to think. I'm desperately trying to think. I can tell you now that that is absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> um. Oh my God. That is funny, Jack. Oh uh, yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> I've, I'm going to come up with like a little game for uh, for the final season. I'll, I'll explain it, but like, I said to you before, like we used to do it back in the day. We, the lost fan community, well, <laughs> the lose, the real losers, one of which I was. Uh, it would be like you'd be like first person on the screen, last person on the screen. Who has the fifth line? And all the who's the fourth line? It was the eighth line. It was the sixteenth line. You know, so on and so forth. And like there was a point system based on if you got it right and stuff. Right. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make you do that. Oh no. Season but- six. That sounds just awful. That sounds so, <laughs> that sounds like I mean it sounds like homework. It sounds like people don't want to hear a point system. No, this isn't for everyone else. This is for me. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> I'm sadistic. I'm sadistic. I won't make you do that. I'm sorry. Who's going to say the fourth line in the next episode, Jack? Oh, I don't know, uh, Jack. Uh. <laughs> All I'm going to say is it would be fun for me to mark. All right, you can mark it. You could do that. All right, we'll do one episode and see how we go. <laughs> anyway, I'll just never forget one time I said I was the season five premiere. I've said it before, but when it, I wrote like 
will end with Penny Widmore on the screen. Imagine. And it and it does. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And my auntie was like, you were watching me. She's like, what? And I was like, Penny, Penny on the screen. She's like, and? I was like, oh, I got loads of points. And she was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <sighs> yes. Your poor oh. family. I know. Oh, God. We have another return in this episode, and that is the first ever flashback we see of Daniel, which you rightly remembered was from season four, uh, episode two, uh, which you didn't remember, but you remember season four. And it's the one where he's crying at the footage of Oceanic Flight 15, the, the, the wreckage being found, right? Mm. Oh, and the scene keeps playing, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, so we see the scene keeps playing, exactly. And... Widmore arrives uh, to say that he's, you know, wants to send him to the island. But Daniel's obviously plagued of memory loss. Uh, he's not in a good way. Teresa's obviously, you know, you know, not very well from when we found out he was doing all the experiments on her and stuff. And uh, But I, I do like the scene purely because... Well, it's sad because Widmore is kind of like setting up the motion for Daniel to go back to the island, you know, aka to his death. But we get yet more confirmation. This is the second time in two episodes now, in a row, that Widmore put the plane there. Mm. We get it from the gift horse's mouth, don't we? He says it, he tells it. <laughs> uh, and I think it's, 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 I don't know about you, but I don't know, you tell me, but do you think there's a reason why they're like l- making this empirically clear? that this was Widmore? Because there was a time when you didn't know if, if, if he did it or if it was a lie or whatever. But we know he did it. So mm. do you think there's a reason? And if so, what do you think that reason is, Jack Shepard? Ah, oh, God. I, uh, I mean, they have mentioned it twice. I mean, I think we already, we already had suspicions and, and all that. And we kind of worked it out, I think, but without maybe having to have Whitmore say, "I put them there." Um, but but he, he he makes that very very clear. Um, oh, I can't I can't it's think funny, of why. But he, he, I, it's the way he kind of ominously is like he's like, "Why are you telling me this?" He's like, "Because you aren't going to remember it," and it's like a bit of a, a bit of a villainous flex, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I really, I'm trying to think of a reason why why Widders would do that. To be honest, I maybe there is none. I'm, you know, I just feel like it's something that I notice, so I, I want to ask you about it. Basically, I think that's fair, and I think, yeah, I mean, I did, I did, it did clock with me that we've had. Mm. I mean, the whole speech was like, why is he doing this? Yeah, um, yeah. Other than, you know, trying to get uh, get him get him over there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he offers, <laughs> you know, he gets he gets a big visit from, from the W man, uh, you know, whereas Naomi recruited uh, Miles and so on and so forth. But Widmore personally invites him. Obviously, he knows it's his son. We don't know that at this stage. Um, I guess the only other thing of note in this scene is that when Widmore sits down, there's a comic book 
where he sat and he moves it and it's the same comic book or the same version of the comic book that um Richard Alpert put out from the test with young Locke. You remember when he put all the items out? That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe. So I think it's just probably an I'd like, ah, let's retool this prop for fun. I don't think it means anything, but just thought I'd point it out. Uh, well, thank you for pointing that out. It's it okay. Uh, okay. Curious. Um, the next scene, the next flashback scene is the, the one where the echo, the callback to the first scene where he's playing the piano, but obviously can't really remember it, the tune anymore because his memory's not very good. And she comes in, Miss Hawking, as we know her, and she's, you know, putting on a brave face. Uh, but she knows this is it. This is the time she has to like fully push him. And she says, yep, yeah, go back. Uh, go to the iron. Do do what um, do what Mister Whitmore says. Your memory will get better. You know they're manipulating him, aren't they? Uh, mm. And he's like, he clearly wants to do. He's like, will you be proud of me? She's like, yes. Oh, it's just really heartbreaking. Cause there's a lot of emotion on her face, repressed emotion, and there's a lot going on at play, and it's just really sad. You want to give Daniel a big cuddle, I think. <laughs> Uh, I just, the fact that he's being sent to his death as well is just, uh, it just it gives, the whole episode now has like a, a twang of, uh, uh, it's just sad, isn't it? I severely all... recommend maybe re-watching the flashbacks, you know. Yeah. What, knowing now what you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you don't have to, but I'd be proud. We would all be proud. <laughs> We would all be proud of you. I just don't want to get too ahead of the game, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to clock too much and be like, "Oof, I've worked Fair out now." I feel like you did. Talking of that brings us on to the next uh, scenes nicely because I think you did clock something. Clock something that I never clocked, uh, and I honestly thought maybe you hadn't picked up on it, but you mentioned it. Um, so obviously, these this the we see Desmond and Penny in this episode, don't we? And we, we catch up with Desmond after he got shot by Ben mm. and he's fine. Desmond's fine. He's fine. But Miss Hawking goes to see Penny. Um, and Widmore is outside and they have a showdown, uh, Eloise and Widmore, um, where we learn that Widmore is Faraday's father. But anyway, she says, um, you know, I made a sacrifice. I sent my son back to the island knowing full well. And then he goes, he's my son too, Eloise. But obviously she's about to say knowing full well, I'll kill him. Mm. But you picked up that you were like knowing full well what? <laughs> and I was like, damn you, Jack. Uh, you, knew was, you knew something was coming. It's funny because I did, I never I just don't think I ever picked up on that the first time around. <laughs> anyway, uh, Faraday is Penny's half brother. Good to see Desmond and Penn, though. Yeah, yeah. I think this is why I thought that it was going to tie more into what he wrote in his notebook, though, with Desmond okay. somehow making an appearance on the island. Maybe something, you know. I don't know something something more. I mean, in in the meantime. Throughout, you know, after Charlotte died, right? Yeah. Faraday seemed to go a bit insane, didn't he? Uh, 
he was just a bit reckless and yeah well he seemed to be a bit just a bit off and then i thought that he was going to somehow get like displaced in time Hmm. which would lead him to needing his constant Uh which would then be desmond and then you would have you know stuff would stuff would happen (laughs) <laughs> well you know i think maybe henry and cusick hoped for this as well because he he is just a guest star really in in this season um he doesn't really have much to do apart from lie on a hospital bed and say i love you penny i'll never leave you again penny which seems kind of bonkers because even you know faraday's mum seeing him skipping about in time and stuff like that yeah you know, it feels like Desmond's supposed to have like a really crucial role in the end game. Yeah. Maybe maybe he will, and I hope he I hope he does. But for the meantime, he's kind of been sidelined, hasn't he? And it feels like it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it wasn't until speaking to Henry and Cusick and him kind of voicing his qualms with the seasons kind of moving away from Des that I've realized quite how little he's in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. And like his scenes here are quite wishy-washy. It's like we've seen him say this sort of stuff before and like he says, I'll never leave you again, but he probably will. And like and all this stuff. It's it's more, I think, a convenient way for the writers to kind of get in before the finale. Oh, Desmond's fine, by the way, after <laughs> being shot. Uh, and they use them, they use like Eloise and Widmore as a, a tool to do that. Okay. I, I feel... Uh, yeah, don't don't expect a lot more Desmond this season. I'll say that. Do you think, just to get the vibe, but do you think they effectively use him in the final season? If he, if I'm guessing he makes it. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, not a, he's not at risk, is he? I mean, they've shown him alive. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that if they were just going to kill him off in five minutes, would they? <laughs> no, no, he he is in the final season. Yes, um, and I will say uh, they could have maybe used him better. Interesting. Um, yeah. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Jacob, <laughs> finding faults in the perfect TV show that is lost. Let, okay, let me say this. I, th- th- like, is these, like, I, I think that there was a, a more fluid way of maybe weaving him in. That's what I'll say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we've wrapped the episode, uh, which I really enjoyed discussing this. I was really excited all day because I knew it was a <laughs> fun one. I was, I really, I love talking about this one. In fact, all of them now I'm really excited about next week's the penultimate one. But before all of that, we've got to do hero and villain of the week. Now we did say earlier the internet is the hero. Obviously. Um, but that's just obvious. So in terms of lost, uh, characters, in this week's episode, who is your hero and who is your villain of the week, Jack? Hmm. I mean, hero, I think, is, you know, you could very easily say Faraday. Um, yeah. Although he is a bit of an idiot in places. He's a bit reckless for his... And, you know, he's only... he Obviously, Charlotte died. He... They ended up at the barracks. He went off to Ann Arbor with all the other scientists and he was probably really researching how to, to, you know, change the future so that Charlotte could live. So it's all fueled by love and his heart and stuff. So he's not really thinking with his head. So I don't think I could call him 
he's a hero trying to save Charlotte from dying in that way, but he doesn't really go about it in in a heroic way, I don't think. Yeah, just one quick question about Faraday. How does he yeah. know that this thing's going to happen very quickly, very soon? Can I hold off to answering that until next week's episode? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not answered though, right? Uh, no. We kind of just, I just realized that's like the premise of the entire episode is that he's warning everyone that this big thing is about to happen, but we don't know how he knows that. No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week we'll delve into that, I think. Uh, so back to to hero of the week. Uh, I mean, it could have been one, uh, who else? quite hard actually to pick one isn't it i mean jack puts a bandage on his neck <laughs> <laughs> jack is totally not a hero he bloody no. lights up the sky with the oil tank yeah let's think no. uh kate no uh sawyer juliet not really oh by the way we never mentioned this uh, this is a real big thing. Juliet and Sawyer are in mortal danger because Rosinski and Co have found Phil in the cupboard. <laughs> I repeat, oh, yeah. found <laughs> Phil in the cupboard. <laughs> not I forgot good. about that. Yeah, they're all on their, you know, hands on their heads and that, aren't they? Yeah, not good at all. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That tiny detail. That tiny, tiny detail. Oh. So I think Hero is probably, I don't know. I'm going to, do you know what? I'm going to say Faraday's helper. <laughs> you know, when he's got memory it's carer. loss. It's carer. Yeah, it's carer. I think his carer is the hero of the week. I think that's, uh, that's fair. I would say, I would say Faraday's uh, lab assistant girlfriend. Yeah, who, she gets stitched, doesn't she? Yeah, and she, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't complain too much. She doesn't like force Faraday not to go to lunch or anything. No, she uh, doesn't make guilt trip him. Yeah, and she's obviously, you know, being belittled by this, by this woman. So, uh, yeah, I think I think she's she could she could be a shout. Yeah, uh, all right. I'm, let's say Teresa and uh, Faraday's carer joint. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Villain. Uh, Villain of the week. I mean, it's it's Faraday's mum, isn't it? Well, yeah, and Widmore, I would say, because they're both sending their son to his death. But she does, like, kill Faraday in the first instance. Let's let's take away the fact he's her son. She does kill him, even though he's got a gun pointed. There's no talking down there's no anything she just fires she kills so yeah probably Eloise you're right <laughs> yeah I mean thing is with with Winmore, like he does I guess he he's not quite as as pushy um he doesn't he doesn't stop you know Faraday just playing piano like he was having a great time playing that piano and he's not just like no you got no time 
You know, that's yeah. that's his mum who's being all right bastard about it. Like you can't you can't just <laughs> it's just very that hurts me. Um yeah. and all, well, I mean, there's also, of course, in a brief not cameo role, but in uh, in her, you know, we know she's around, is uh, Charlotte's mum. Uh, with no no chocolate before dinner. Oh um, my days! You've nailed it with her. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't let her daughter have chocolate before dinner. That is truly abhorrent behaviour. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm inclined to say her. <laughs> I, think I, you, mean, I think you've nailed that. I I yeah? would say it's funny because normally 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 we we're against you know we're against the uh, we're against the dads. But now we're against the mums. <laughs> no, this week it's the mums. This week it's the mums. Uh, yeah, and I like the idea of Daniel being a variable in, you know, a variable in the fact that he has a really bad relationship with his mum more than his dad, which is uh, quite rare to find come come across on this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, next week uh, is the penultimate episode before the two part finale. Um. What are you hoping from it? What are you expecting? And don't say Locke holding a ball on his shoulders. <laughs> I mean, we do know that's going to happen because yeah, there's Amazon a screenshot guy, on Amazon. Of just like a really kind of like smart, smiley Locke with like <laughs> a ball slung over his shoulders. <laughs> it's a great look for him, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, you were probably expecting to see Locke anyway next week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, what are you thinking? Oh, I don't know. It's a toughie. We've basically had flashbacks for all the main characters. Hmm. Um. So, but I, not it, Juliet. I I can't see I can't see it being a Juliet episode. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think because you've told me that she's the only one, I'm just like, nah, it's not her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, she's not in like a position to have a flashback episode. I know what you mean, especially the one before the end of the season. Yeah, like, but not just that. I mean, like in, you know, with her hands tied behind her head, like, you know, the flashback episodes always tie into, you know, for someone running around the island and then running around in their past and all that. And you're just like... Yeah, there's not much room here for her to have revelations about her current situation from her past. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, I'm stuck here. When was I stuck in the past? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I can't. I, I get can't it. See it I being... think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not uh, confirming nor denying, but yeah. I mean, when we enter the finale, we'll probably go for someone like Jack or something. Uh, Cool. So it's exciting, isn't it? Or we'll do a roundabout of all the characters. Um or because they're all in different time periods anyway, we won't have anything. And then they'll all just, you know, they'll all just play out with all the different times to bring everyone together. So I like your thinking, is all <laughs> I'll say. Well, look, I'm excited to watch it with you. Um I know, I think you're going to like how it all goes down. And I feel like I'm more 
positive about you maybe enjoying the final season than I was this time an hour ago. Hmm. I'll leave that with you. Anything you want to say? What? Where? Where can people find us and all that? They can find us at Lost Boys Pod. Where can I'm they at find Jacob you? Underscore, Jacob underscore Jacob underscore Stoll. And you're Jack and... J Shepherd. <laughs> and God, God, sign us off, Jacob. I was going to sign us off by doing my best Daniel Faraday by saying his name in his voice. Go on then. <clears throat> Daniel Faraday. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Why did you do that? He got a gun on you. He wasn't going to shoot me, Eloise. You knew. You always knew. You knew this was gonna happen. And you, you sent me here anyway. Who are you? I'm your son.